Welcome to the Infertility Feelings Podcast. I am Jesse Brown with my other half. Doug Brown. Doug, I'm here. Doug Brown. And today we are going to give you access to a therapist. That's Oof. what this episode is about. Whoa. I, That's a big deal. I know. I just wanted it to be as this podcast came out of an idea of like, I want my people to be able to by people as in like our infertility community to be able to ask a therapist anything they wanted. Yeah. I think, you know, for a lot of people, they think therapy is this mystical right. thing. Well, these people have gone to school to study our brains and they know how therapy works and it almost feels like other, you know, these conversations right. feel like untouchable, maybe untouch It's a great word, untouchable when in reality, therapy is a great tool to help you uncover things in your life, understand your reality more. Right. And we just want to one destigmatize it to provide you access to people who are therapists and give you avenues to work on yourself that don't, you know, require you signing up for therapy, paying the fee, going to the, you know, you should do all that. Yeah. And that would be great. Um, but sometimes you just got to, you just got to kind of get a feel for it before you even do that. Right. And so I could not think of a better therapist. One of my favorites in the world is Dr. Annie Ganahl. And she has Victory Over Anxieties, a book coming out. And she's just awesome and super relatable. And so I put a question box in our DMs and asked you guys what you would want to ask her. And this is what you guys came up with. And I'm so honored that you would trust me to be able to ask her these questions. And so word for word, we asked her the questions that you guys came up with. And I feel like she had really, really great answers. So here you go. Here is our episode of you guys asking a therapist questions. Why do I care so much about what others think about us having infertility to the point where I won't tell anyone? And how do I get over caring what they think? Well, I don't know if I could say for sure why, because I think it's individual. I do think that the, some people, a lot of people feel that way. It doesn't necessarily mean they all feel the same for the same reason. Right. So um, I can make some assumptions. I know. You always say it. It's so brilliant. I love when you say, for some, because it's true. <laughs> it's not cookie, cookie cutter for everyone, right. but it, you right. can just guess a majority. Right. So what I will say is that infertility is a very emotional, um, in some ways, private issue. And I think um, many of us have experienced judgment or pity yeah and so it's really it is hard to think about when people find out um how they'll respond and the reality is we're relational people and so when we are when we feel judged or we we sense that we're getting a response that's hurtful the first thing we want to do is protect ourselves mm -hmm. and so I, I think it's normal i think it's um understandable right but it's not necessarily healthy, right? Because what happens is when we care a lot about what other people think, then we're going to be much more reserved and protective and therefore not vulnerable. Right. And vulnerability is a huge piece of mental health. Right. It's a huge piece of healing. 
Um, the reality is we also have to be aware of well, who's safe, who's safe in our lives, right? There 100%. are plenty of people in our lives that are not safe. And so we, ha- you know, it'd be, it wouldn't be healthy to say, oh, I'm going to tell this person my whole life story. Um, and they're going to just say, oh, so what? You should hear what I went through. Right. Right. So we have to be wise in who we talk to and share our hearts with. Right. Um, but we have to have people that we can do that with. Right. I know I always say with infertility, I think why it's just so awkward is because it has to do with sex. Right. And in our world, that subject can be awkward for some. Um, And especially when it comes to family or something, I feel like a lot of like, I'm not going to talk about my infertility with my mother-in-law. That wasn't the case in my situation. But a lot of people have that Mm -hmm. of just like, I don't want to talk about my mother-in-law about my, you know, um, her son having sex with me. And I'm, I'm a little bit like, okay, yes, I can see how that could be awkward, but I think there's a way that you can do that right. very tastefully. Sure. You know what I mean? And I think what's hard about caring what people think is it's not just you. Normally, yes. typically you're in some sort of partnership. So you're carrying that with you too, is it's not right. just you either. Right. Right. Um, I, you know what? I think that the, the whole idea of infertility and what it represents for a lot of people, right? Whether it be the sex or whether it be something that, that feels, it's so painful, right. right? I mean, it's such a pure request or pure desire. Um, and then to not get it is, can be very painful. Yeah. And so I think the reality is many of us have experienced, oh, just relax. Yep. Oh, just have a glass of wine. Mm-hmm. Oh, it'll happen. It's, we've, it, that feels very discounting and that's painful. Mm-hmm. And so it's teaching us to not say anything. And I think we need to find the safe people that, and, and teach people how to be safe people with us is really important because people do not know how to handle it. They don't know what to say. They don't know what to do, whether that's infertility or a death of a loved one or, you know, a, a lot of traumas. It's, it makes people uncomfortable to yeah. deal with emotion. Exactly. Um, so we do need to teach the people that we care about what we need from them. Um, I totally agree. part of that? How do I get over caring what they think? Oh, that's a tough question. I I would say um, when we have a sense of our own identity, we're going to care less about what people think. The more confident we are in our identity, the more we're going to be able to not be bothered by what others think. And how do we then develop our own identity? To really maybe even write down, okay, who am I? And to know who you are, who you are as a person. What are your character traits? What are things that are important to you? What are things that you love? What are things you're passionate about? Um, What are things that define you? And so I think as we do that and develop more confidence in that and who we are, it's not going to matter as much what other people think. Um, we We need to develop a depth within ourselves. I love that. I love that. How to stay connected with friends, with kids, or pregnant friends without getting emotional? Hmm. Another good question. Another difficult question. You know, because these you are all difficult. Right. Annie, I'm just preparing you. <laughs> <laughs> these are all difficult right. questions. You know, because the reality is it's okay to be emotional. Exactly. Right? That's real. That's raw. That's authentic. 
Um, but I think what I'm hearing is you, you, the, you know, the reality is the, to be authentic, we need to express our feelings, our hurt, our, our pain, our sadness, our jealousy, our covetousness. Right. Um, and yet we also want to be able to go to a birthday party without falling apart. Exactly. So I think part of that is developing your uh, ability to be emotional in the appropriate places. If we hold in our feelings all the time, it's going to come out when we're in a vulnerable situation, such as a bridal or not a bridal, but a baby shower or being with our friends that have children. So we want to deal with our emotional stuff before we go to such events. So the more you can process your feelings of sadness and, and what all the other feelings that come with it and would come with infertility, the better we're going to be able to handle when we're in a vulnerable situation. And so to be able to have those safe people that you can talk to about it and say, you know what, I'm having a really hard day. I'm going to this party tonight that's going to be, have, there's going to be a whole bunch of kids there and I just need to talk about that and process that so that when I get there, I'm able to be a little bit emotionally free and be able to handle the situation. So community is a huge part, I think, of that. Um, and then maybe even writing down a whole bunch of your feelings and responses so that you've kind of gotten it out so that you can be in a better place when you actually are around those people or that situation. Well, I've said this in our course many times. Vulnerable is always a risk. Yes. Always a risk. Always. So even if you are in that safe place, t- that's when you take the chance. Like how I'm hearing you say, like, let it out in the spaces that are appropriate. But even in the appropriate place, it's still risky. It's never going to be like, yeah. oh, that was so easy. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Vulnerability is, it is. It's very scary. It's always going to be scary. I think people, though, are looking for that, like, I will be vulnerable when it's not scary. And I want to be like, it's probably always going to feel a little bit scary. It always Even is a little bit scary. Even with your safest person. Right. And so to have that time and have that space, and then the reality is sometimes we get in situations that are painful, and it's okay. It's okay to struggle and to feel the pain and to, and, and to express that, that struggle in situations it's you know it's okay it's we're human beings and we're going to there are things situations where we're going to be um it's going to be overwhelming right and that's okay would this be fair to say probably if you're struggling with being emotional in inappropriate places you probably need to go and start being emotional in appropriate places very true and the fact that you're thinking about it and talking about it tells me that you really are trying to be an emotionally healthy person right so you've kind of taken the most important step right I come to truly accept that my life is not turning out the way I thought it would be. Absolutely. We all have this expectation of what our lives were going to look like and they are nobody has this the life they they anticipated. So the answer is absolutely. We have to learn to adjust and uh, accept. Acceptance is a huge piece of not only mental health but living a life that is enjoyable. Um, and so, yes, I think we definitely can do that. I think that there are steps we can take to to get to that place because it is difficult. It is difficult to um, accept that we're having a hard time having a child. It's difficult to accept the fact that we may not ever have chi- uh, a child. Right. Uh, it could be that I wanted six children and I only got two. It could be, you know, wow, I wanted to birth my children and I'm not going to. I mean, mm-hmm. on and on it goes. It could be, you know... 
my my father died. I don't like mm-hmm. it. That's not what I wanted when mm-hmm. he was, you know, a certain age. On and on and it goes. Do Where did we get that message that our life was going to turn out? Well, I, the way this we is what I think. I actually question. don't think that we think that our life is going to turn out exactly the way we want it to. So th- we know that. I think we know that. and I th- But I think the level of variation that we're willing to accept is pretty small. Where it's like, look, huh. I, I know that my life's probably not going to be exactly what I want it to be like. But that means I'll have only one boat and two horses instead of the four <laughs> horses that I want. Do you know what I mean? There, I think there's like this level of exception. That's obviously a silly example. Yeah. But but even in reality, we're like, okay, you know, it might be hard for me to struggle to get pregnant, but I eventually will. Mm-hmm. There's a variation we're willing to accept. And then it feels like at times it goes one step beyond and that feels cruel. But I think we got to go back to the original thing of saying, well, we know we knew that it was going to be different. We knew there was going to be a variation. I think the reality is that just some realities are really hard to accept. Yeah. And if you think about even in childhood, especially for women, is we think about when we grow up, what are we going to do? We're going to get married. We're going to have children. These are huge pieces of our lives. Having children is a huge piece. So I do think that is a much bigger Mm -hmm. disappointment than a lot of other things that don't go the way we want them to. I agree. Um, I remember like we were were talking about when we wanted to have kids, it was like, we're going to shoot for three. We'd be okay with two. <laughs> if four happens, that's okay. So there oh, was, yeah. we were willing to accept and, and like at this a, age, yeah. right? We're going to have them at this and, age and yeah. at this oh, age. Totally. Oh, they will totally. be twins <laughs> and I will never get angry at them They're and I will be, be Cinderella mom <laughs> and I will never lose my cool. And yeah. don't you love it when yeah. you interact with oh, these so young people, you know, really young. Yes. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I'm going to do this. I'm going to get married when I'm 23 and I'm going to have my first shot at 25 and yeah. I'm going to have this many and I think I want twins and I think I want twins. It's so hard. I think I want twins. I'm like, no, you don't. You don't want twins. First yeah, because we're going to have help and we're going to, um, it's just going to be perfect. I'm going to be the best mom in the whole world. Yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, it is so hard reality. for me to keep so my I mouth shut. Yeah. I think there's like a variation, even in, from our story, where we we were like open to the fact that, you know, like you can't completely dictate the future. But, but the openness was from two kids to maybe up to mm-hmm. four. But the concept of no kids was like, that's too much to, well, that will obviously yeah. not happen. Right. And I think too, uh, my generation, tell me if this is true for your generation, is that life is supposed to be fair. Mm. Mm. And it's not. And that was a hard lesson for me to learn, that life mm. is not fair. Um, and so to deal with that and to handle that is really important because it's true. Mm-hmm. We, we have to speak truth into our lives. Mm-hmm. And the, the truth is that life isn't fair, that life is difficult and that we're going to be disappointed in different situations. Infertility is one huge disappointment. Right. Yeah. Um, have never having children is a huge disappointment. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think we need to get to a place where we can accept our lives because mm-hmm. if we don't, we're going to be bitter. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, you know, we really not accepting our situation. Um, nothing good comes out of that, right? Yeah. And, and I'm not saying it's easy to accept. I think that's very difficult, and I think it takes a lot of work. Yeah, yeah. But if we don't come to a place where we can accept it, we're going to be miserable. And right. that's like right. that's a. Acro- I feel like that's across the board almost. You know, if you can't look at your own life, the situations you find yourself in the evidence from where you are at to say this is what's real, mm-hmm. I think you're living off of the, a narrative that you created some time ago right. or was created in your family some time ago. And 
it's almost like reality doesn't matter in that point. It, mm-hmm. at, in, at some point, it's just like this family narrative or the narrative you created or the imagination right. that you had to create this life. That's actually becomes the more base reality, mm-hmm. which I feel like at that point you get kind of get, there is a sense of danger where, yeah, bitterness creeps in right. or, or like incredibly wrong thinking about yourself creeps in mm-hmm. because you're not even dealing with reality. Right. You're dealing with this invention. Mm-hmm. And I think um, we've talked about this in our group and our course multiple times is accepting it and making peace with it mm-hmm. is two different things. Oh, absolutely. And I feel the only way that I have made peace with it is because I've done the work and I've gone and dealt with this stuff. I'm not perfect. Mm-hmm. It still gets, mm-hmm. you know, I still have moments, of course, but I think there's a difference between accepting it and just being like, well, I guess I'd accept that this is, this is going to be my battle. This mm-hmm. is going to be my burden. Mm-hmm. This is going to be my thing. And then making peace with it. And I think that's, that's a really true good point. acceptance. A really important piece because acceptance, um, if you don't have peace with that acceptance, it's, it's, I'm not saying it's not real. I think it's, a, you can have acceptance without peace, but you don't necessarily have contentment. Right. You don't have the peace. Right. Mm-hmm. And I think um, the reality is life is really hard and some mm-hmm. people's lives are a lot harder than others. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I've heard people say, don't, don't ever say it is what it is. That's just so discounting. Mm-hmm. And yet there's a part of me that thinks, you know what? But it's true. Yeah. yeah. The reality <laughs> yeah, yeah. is this yeah. is what it is. Mm-hmm. And you have this. And what are you going to do with it? Right. You decide how you're going to interpret this situation. Interpretation to me is everything. Huh. Because if we interpret it in a way that is destructive or unaccepting, then we're going to be unhappy. Mm-hmm. And we're going to be... Um, we're really not going to have a very fulfilling life. And what is our goal? So I think, um, Mm. now again, I'm not saying it's easy. I think Mm. accepting a painful situation is very difficult. But if you think about what are your other choices? Your choices are you accept it or you don't. Right. And you can be bitter or not. You can be happy or not. Mm -hmm. Um, And so we have to be able to interpret, kind of Mm reevaluate our situation, reframe our situation Mm -hmm. in such a way that it's not quite as painful. And this is why I think it's so important to do the mental health work before in the midst of the mm-hmm. trial right. because I think in infertility especially people don't know when to accept yeah when do I walk away when do I stop yeah, treatment I think that's a when really do hard I go one. on yeah so yeah. it's like it leaves you in this limbo of not working on yourself yeah and the, you know what I think too part of accepting and part of having the peace is understanding how can this be used for good mm-hmm. and what you guys have done I mean I get the chills thinking about what you guys have done through Aww. your pain and suffering that you have opened up a world to thousands of people to help them in this process. You would not be here if it wasn't for your pain and suffering. Mm -mm. And so to know that it is being used for good and that you are blessing other people. And I think, again, that's a reframe, right? You could have chosen. It's a reframe. Yeah, you're right. You could have chosen to say, you know what? This really sucks and I am going to be pissed off the rest of my life because I didn't get to have my children naturally. Mm -hmm. Or what you guys did instead was, you know, how can we help others that have gone are going through what we went through and, and change it into something that's positive. It doesn't take away. That would have been great to have your own yeah, children. Naturally. It would have been. Mm-hmm. Um, but how can we make this in the best situation possible? Right. That's so true. So good. Five people ask this question, so this is, and this is something Ooh. that I get almost daily. 
The best way to deal with pregnancy announcements. Jealousy, pain, mm. sadness. How do we deal with being in a world where the pregnant people live in it and aren't going anywhere? Right. Gosh, I remember those days I so know. well. Oh my gosh, do oh you? Oh my gosh, it was so long ago. I had a it was Disneyland pass at the time and it was like double whammy of like watching yeah. horrible parenting right. and everyone is pregnant. <laughs> be like, oh. Right. Yeah. Yeah, that's a tough one. That's it a is. tough one. You know, um, it kind of fits with what we talked about just a little bit ago with the acceptance mm -hmm. that um, there were times where I couldn't go to a baby shower. Mm -hmm. I couldn't. Mm -hmm. I just, I decided it was too, I wasn't caring for myself enough if I went. Mm -hmm. And then there were times where I could go. And I, um, so I think we have to be honest with ourselves and where we are in our process um, and to really take a look at, okay, what's happening inside of me? It's, it's kind of what we've talked about before when we think about how is this, tr what's triggering? What's right. happening inside of me that hearing this friend of mine is pregnant, why is this so intense for me? Why is it that I'm jealous? Why is it that I can't be excited for her? Mm -hmm. um, and the reality is obviously infertility is a part of that, but I would imagine that there's other stuff prior to infertility that's getting triggered as well. If you think about our childhood, right? We never leave our childhood without emotional wounds. Mm -hmm. What's What else is being tri triggered here? Mm -hmm. And so to be able to kind of not only process your infertility and the sadness and the, and the jealousy and all those things and mm -hmm. be able to talk about those feelings with other people, safe people, mm -hmm. in community, um, it may not just be infertility. It may be some other things that you've experienced, like some someone teased you about your socks or something. <laughs> yeah, per that, our last episode. <laughs> <laughs> that is getting triggered. And yeah. by processing that will also help us today. Yeah. So I always say, whenever you have this emotional kind of uh, an overreaction, it's almost always because of something in your past. Mm -hmm. Now, the past could have been last week when you started your period right. and you weren't pregnant. Right. But it also could have been something that happened when you were younger. Right. And processing both, I think, is important. Yeah. I, I feel like people come to us with a, an actual answer. Like, no, no, no. How many baby showers do I go to? Or who do I decide to? <laughs> like, my sister, yes, but my right. cousin, no, or whatever. Right. And I feel like, Doug, you've had a brilliant answer with this in the past. Yes, I'm calling you brilliant. Wow, thank you. Take it in. Do you how that feel? Uh, f wait. Thank you. It feels good. You're welcome. <laughs> is you say it's not necessarily about how many you don't, how many you do go to is are, is the scale heavy on one side or mm -hmm. the other? Are you going to all the baby showers and miserable and not taking care of yourself and not listening to yourself and, and seeing if you are okay? Or are you not going to any of them and you haven't been to a baby right. shower in five years? Right. And you know what I mean? Like, and that's, I feel like my answer is like, there probably are people in your life that you're want, that you want to go to a baby shower for them. My sister was pregnant right after our infertility struggles. You know what I mean? And I, I did the baby shower for her. I'm not saying that I'm better or worse than anybody else, but it's like if you are watching yourself and taking care of yourself and checking in with yourself and very present with yourself, you will hopefully be able to answer that question for yourself. Mm -hmm. And it is so individual, I think. Me too. I think and so you know what? I think that you self-care is so important right. during all of our lives, but especially when we're under a lot of stress, infertility being a time where we're under a lot of stress. So self-care is so important. Mm -hmm. And I think as we provide ourselves with self-care, we're going to be more emotionally healthy. Yeah. 
And I think if you're, um, you, you do, you have to do what's, what's best for you. If you're not going to any for five years, I think you need to have some truth spoken into you probably, yeah. right? That there's something going on inside of you that is the brokenness is now impacting more levels and at a deeper level. So, um, but I don't think it means you go to all of them either. Exactly. Right. That yeah. you, you pick and choose what you can handle um, and continue to process your pain and suffering. Right. Yeah. I and think, go ahead. Well, I'm just going to say so, something that, and we've talked about this before, a huge part of infertility, right? W- what's the percentage of people who don't share? A lot. It's, it's 60%. It's, it's about, oh, yeah. Over half. Yeah. And I remember that I, it took us three years before we told anyone mm-hmm. and how, what that did to us mm-hmm. um, and I didn't know it at the time, of course, but at what at, looking back, what that did to us was really detrimental, mm-hmm. not having that community for those three years. Um, and so... What do you mean by that? How was it detrimental? Because we ended up having all that pain for three years and never processed it at all. Mm-hmm. So we had three years of work to do. And had we been able to have community in it from the beginning, we wouldn't have had all that buildup. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I think having community again is so important to we talk about, gosh, you know what? I got another baby shower invitation and I, you know, and right. just to be able to yeah. talk that through and say, how do I get through this one? Right. Um, you know, especially the important ones. Yeah, exactly. I think sometimes people are even a little, af- they're afraid to let things take time, like, and just for things to go a certain direction for a while and then analyze it. We want to get it right all the time. Mm-hmm. You know, when, what, we're like on this path, and if we think if we, you know, sometimes if we, if we fork off at all, it's like, ah, now we're so, <laughs> we're like going down the wrong path, and we always want to stay true to ourselves and do what's healthy, but I think that's really not the way things work. We're not, I don't even really think we're on a path. I think we're in a big field trying to get to something on the other end, and at some level, you do start circling back around, mm-hmm. and you're not actually going towards the other side of the field anymore. But the, the way to get to that field, the other th- side of the field, is you could kind of wander all over the place. But you have to mm. constantly, not constantly, you know, weekly, monthly, yearly analyze, am I still going in the right mm-hmm. direction? Am I still... You gotta, at least you got to keep walking. You got to keep walking. Yeah. And I think that's... And sometimes we need to camp overnight because we're tired. Totally. Yeah. <laughs> I <laughs> totally agree. <laughs> but I think, you know, you're looking at your life and you're thinking, well, was that a healthy decision? You know, maybe you can analyze that. Maybe you can't. But I, what I think you can do is look back and say, over the past year, have all of these decisions led me closer to kind of where I want to mm-hmm. go? I think the answers are actually more yeah. clear. And I, we're sometimes afraid to do that. You know, I look at oh, how have I responded to pregnancy announcements over the past year? It's like, well... Uh, it, they have every single one, every single time has absolutely floored me and I can't get back up. It's, I think that's mm-hmm. enough evidence to say, so I might need to invest some time mm-hmm. into thinking about this. Mm-hmm. But when you look at it and you go, well, that one was, this one wasn't, this one wasn't, I was actually okay. You can kind of start to say, okay, I'm I'm a responding appropriately. Why? How, how come that one was, was yeah, so impactful? Oh, well, maybe I had just really experienced a loss right after mm-hmm. you, you just, you can analyze yourself. Sometimes we need some of that time. Um, and people are saying, well, how do I deal with it? I think you kind of just have to keep going, keep moving, keep walking mm-hmm. and not be afraid to look back at all the decisions you've made and analyze them as a healthy person. Yeah. And giving yourself grace when it's like right. you do need the break. So much or, grace. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, we need a lot of grace. We need a lot of grace. And I think too, that we have to remember that we're 
fallible human beings. We're going mm-hmm. to make mistakes. Yeah. And to give us, give ourselves grace and to give other people grace um, and to be good enough. Being good enough is enough. Right. Oh, that's good. And I think about even the parenting. Being a good enough mother mm-hmm. is what's important and not being perfect. We're, none of us are going to be perfect. None of us are going to handle the situation perfectly every time. Mm-hmm. Um, so therefore, to give ourselves grace and to be able to say, you know what? Sometimes in our mistakes is where we learn the most. Right. And right. to be okay with that. That, okay, I, you know what? I blew it this last time, but next time I've learned right. something from that and, and I can move on. Why do I feel so hesitant to consider adoption? I have zero kids, zero losses, and I've been trying for two and a half years. Well, I think there could be a couple reasons. Mm -hmm. I think everyone's a little different. For some. (laughs) (laughs) My favorite line. Well, for some. (laughs) I love it, though. I love it. Um, One possibility is that you're not quite ready. Yeah. That you feel like in this infertility process that it, it's not time to make that decision or, or, or you're just not ready to make that decision. And that's okay. Right. Um, so it may just be an indication that you're needing to go more in the process of what you're still doing. And that may change. Yeah. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Not at all. I don't think it's on the, infert, in the infertility community, community shoulders to adopt and foster children. Because it's so different and it's right. not solving it, it shouldn't have to be that it's on your shoulder to have to do that. That's right. okay. Your hesitancy could be protecting you. Right. But that's not your thing. So the way that she asked the question tells me that there's, that she almost feels this pressure. Maybe, yeah. Uh, yeah. Right? That's how I and read so, it. So um, we definitely don't need, she doesn't need to feel that pressure. That there you go. We all, we all make our decisions as far as our infertility differently. And she's, you know, it's funny because I want to say she's fairly new in the process, right? It all, right. which is all relevant. Yes. It's all, all relevant. relevant. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think to me that's saying because of the time that maybe she's just not ready to make a decision and that's okay. Um, for some, it also could be that there's issues for her to adopt, which we may want to then revisit some of our past experiences mm-hmm. and see if there's anything that's caught up in adoption back in her childhood or, or just other things that yeah. she's heard. Um, and so that could be another reason. You know, again, I think it's just exploring for herself. Um, okay, you know, for her to really just ask herself, okay, what is it? And then just maybe even make a list. What are the positives? What are the negatives? What are things I'm worried about? What are things that sound wonderful? And just literally kind of just put it out there, brainstorm, and just see what happens, see what comes out of that might be helpful. I love that. I, I love always, that. We always say, too, and, you know, it's very common for us to say, go and talk to someone who has adopted before right. or hear stories of adoption. We've even done a great podcast, I think, on people adopting. I think listen to something like that, meet with someone like that, and then watch for watch where all the flags jump up, you know? Mm-hmm. Maybe you're like, that sounds awesome. I'm in. Yes, yes. And then they get to one part in the story and they're like, that part I can't do. That's mm-hmm. the part. Right. And then well, you got to spend maybe some time with that. Like why, why that one part? You know, for me, we, when we entered into adoption, we were so afraid of foster care because. Oh, the, I was so afraid the of The concept care. of foster care was that they're here for a while and then they might go mm-hmm. back. Right. Just that sentence, they might go back was like, well, that's the thing I can't do. Right. So that was the thing that jumped out to me. 
why did I feel that way? Because we never got it in the first place mm-hmm. through infertility. Yeah. And and really the 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 thing that made it hard to go into foster care was the pain of infertility, not yeah the fact that it's foster care. Mm-hmm. It was the pain of infertility. So I think watching for those things that just light up. Yeah. And I really think I view personally adoption and foster care as a way to serve that I got a beautiful family out of mm-hmm. it. So yes, I got that, but it was a way for me to serve mm-hmm. the ch- That's beautiful. children. Yeah. Instead of it solving a problem. Yeah. In and me. the reality is we're all so different. Totally. And so I think that's, what's so important is allowing ourselves to examine what's going on inside of us because it will be different for each person. Right. I have accepted my fertility. However, why do I cry every time I learn someone's pregnant? Um, Okay. So I would say to that question that that's possible that maybe more acceptance needs to occur that um, because they're still grieving, right? Yeah. Like I would not grieve if someone told me they were pregnant. That would be so far from where I would be. Right. I would so. even say the same. Okay. Yeah, say say more about that. Say more about, you know, more accepting. Can, can you accept something more than you've already accepted it? Um, I think so. I think there is levels of acceptance. Yeah. I think um, accepting the fact that you, you know, you have two children instead of four children. Um, yeah, yeah, I could say I accept that I have two children versus four children. And yet I long for another child. Well, as I move along in this acceptance process, there's going to come a time that I don't long for that third, fourth child. Right. So in that sense, I see it as acceptance is a continuum. And that maybe the, she's not quite finished with that. And that's okay. Right. That's okay. It's not a race with a finish line. Right. I think that's a very, a very, very important topic that, gosh, I don't know if we've ever even really talked about, but I think it's very important. You know, I accepted, we accepted our fertility story when we sat there and they told it to us because we heard the words. And of course, I mean, I, I, they weren't lying. I didn't think they were Mm -hmm. lying. So it was like, there was a level of acceptance, but it was years of more accepting Mm -hmm. levels of acceptance. Mm -hmm. I think that's a great way to think about it. I, you know what? I think if, if you, we take anything in our lives that we feel like we've accepted, we will find that as we continue down that process years later, we're like, oh, wow, I thought I had accepted it, but wow, I accepted it even more now. Mm. Right. And, you know, thinking about having boys and I'm such a girly girl and, and really had wanted to have a daughter at some point. Um, and I, I'll be your daughter, Annie. Oh, please. Yay. We can go shopping yay. and get our nails done and we're f- <laughs> fancy dresses well what's so fun is my son's girlfriend is really become like a daughter to me that's and great I, what's interesting mm. is that i would have said years ago that i've accepted that i don't have a daughter mm. and now i have this beautiful young woman in my life and i realize wow uh, there's so much going on emotionally for me huh. now that i see what it's like to have this wonderful relationship and so i can now say gosh i don't think a lot of these years i had fully accepted it Mm. So again, I think it's a continuum. That is so good. And I think that gives hope for, you know, even this person who's asking this question, I've, I've accepted it, but how come I'm still so struggling for us to say, well, there's levels of acceptance. Mm -hmm. That's not a negative thing. It's just a true thing in that you're years after it. And you're like, oh my gosh, 
now that I'm experiencing a little bit, oh, I have to accept it even further because this is maybe what it would have been mm-hmm. like a little bit. Mm-hmm. That's, I think that's, an, that's a powerful realization to make in that for the rest of our life, there's levels of accepting. And I think that applies to so many things in our mental health, mm-hmm. right? That I have processed certain trauma in my childhood, let's say, and my, and my infertility. Um, and I think the older I get, the more I can look back and say, oh, I have a little more work to do. Wow, right. what got triggered? And I'll look back and say, oh my gosh, that's still there. Right. right. And so I think our mental health is something that we're going to be processing our whole lives. Mm-hmm. That, and that, it's not a bad thing. It's just yeah. the reality is that certain things in our present trigger certain things from our past and we're just going to continue to work through it and walk through it. How do I stay positive and deal with hope hangovers after failed cycles and losses, et cetera? So I feel, I feel like she's saying like, how do we deal with the hope roller coaster? And I feel like this person said it differently, but the same is, is it normal to feel one day I'm okay, I can handle this. And the next day doubt everything. So basically how do you deal with the hope? The roller coaster. Roller ride. coaster. Yeah. The reality is a roller coaster is life, right? Exactly. We're always, um, we have good days, we have challenging days. And so what they're describing to me is so normal. Mm-hmm. It is so normal to feel hopeful and excited, feel good. And then the next day I wake up and think, oh my goodness, this right. is a, you know, today's hard. Right. I think that's totally normal. I think that's part of a grieving process. You know, if, 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 if you think about grief, it comes in waves. Mm-hmm. And I think that the infertility process is very much like a grieving process. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that that's very normal and understandable. How we deal with that, it feels like, I mean, I remember experiencing this yeah. and I remember Same. thinking, I feel a little crazy. Mm-hmm. Like kind of like, wow, I feel this emotional, I feel unstable because mm-hmm. it's up and down, up and down. Um, and so I think the best way to handle that is just to know that first of all, it's normal. And second of all, that take away infertility for a second just life is like that. Mm. If you can kind of think prior to your infertility process, which I know is hard to do sometimes, when life is stressful, it feels like a roller coaster. It feels like, wow, some days are harder than others. Mm-hmm. And so to normalize it and then to remind yourself when you're down, when you're having a bad day, tomorrow can be a better day. Mm-hmm. The great thing is tomorrow is a new day. Mm-hmm. And so to just have confidence that, tomorrow hopefully will be a better day Mm -hmm. and what can I do today to help prepare for a better day tomorrow Mm -hmm. and guess what I would say is the best thing to do community (laughs) for 500 Alex (laughs) ding 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 that's when you call your friend your safe people that's when you call your therapist if you have one that's when you reach out to uniquely knitted (laughs) in your community there Mm -hmm. and you say man I'm having a bad day I'm Mm -hmm. having a hard day and just being encouraged and loved on and cared for that might be the day that you go and get a massage or that might be the day that you go for a walk um, and just kind of do some extra self-care to prepare for a better day the next day right how can I healthily process this anger I have at my body So I would say anger towards your body. I think I have to be really careful with that one Mm. because first of all, as women, we have so many body image issues, right? Because of society and all that stuff, what we're told. Um, And so I think some people are more vulnerable to that, that issue. And so I think we have to really look at 
again, and it keeps coming back to look at the past, yeah. right? We keep coming back to that. What is going on that you have this sense of anger towards your body? And I'm going to guess that there's other times in her life where she experienced that mm-hmm. um, and, and maybe has some body image stuff going on, which maybe needs to, that needs to be dealt with right. in order to maybe not experience it like you are now. Right. That'd be my guess. Right. That that's happening. We, we've said it always goes back to the original grief. Right. What was the original thing that happened that you need to grieve? Right. Yeah. And I think too, I mean, that's such an issue, right? For so right. many women right. to have body image issues and to be frustrated and angry maybe with our bodies. And, right. um, and so I would explore that would be the first thing I would suggest is to explore where is that coming from? Mm-hmm. Um, and then, once you kind of get a sense of, oh my gosh, I remember being told I was this, or, you know, mm-hmm. my body wasn't perfect, or I was mm-hmm. this, or I was overweight, or I was underweight, mm-hmm. or I had freckles, or I had, you mm-hmm. know, whatever it might be, what, it, what messages did you receive? Mm-hmm. And then maybe process those. Um, if that's not the case, I think that might be something you really need to bring to your community mm-hmm. and, and try to understand um, what that's about because the reality is our bodies are part of who we are and are we have the physical we have the emotional we have the psychological and it's all connected and so if you're super angry at your body then they're probably angry at yourself i mean right because your body is yourself right right and so to just kind of explore what's Ooh, going that's on good. with your image your self-image body is yourself i mean i knew that but the way you just worded that it was so different it's like yeah your body is yourself are you angry with yourself Next question. What tools do I need to feel confident enough to move forward? So I would say that part of the confidence of moving forward is your identity. Mm. Being confident in who you are and where you are in your process. The more confidence we have in who we are, I think the better it is to do life, but also in the more confidence we have in our decision making. I think a lot of times when we're, we're feeling down about ourselves we're feeling inadequate um we then start to question everything and don't have confidence i think we develop confidence by really knowing who we are and being strong in that sense of identity so um i think that's the first goal is to say okay who am i right and then to start to really think about who i am and who and who i want to be Mm -hmm. um and so maybe growing in certain areas but you know, and maybe even ask people that care about you. Yeah. Who am I to you? Right. And so you can, that will develop confidence well, in who you would are. Would you say well. it's fair to also be like confidence as a couple? Absolutely. Too, because right. Because you're making these decisions decision, together. Which gets messy, Annie. Yeah. Gets messy. It does get messy. And so, yes, developing your relationship, your marriage, your partnership is mm-hmm. super important. Um, and having confidence in each other that you have each other's backs mm-hmm. and that together you can create. Uh, an environment that's safe and an environment where you can decide together, which is challenging, right? Because sometimes one one's ready for to move on to something right. else and one's not. Right. Um, and then just to trust each other in that. Um, I think another a tool would be, okay, what is keeping me from developing this confidence? Why am I feeling so anxious inside to not feel like I'm ready to move on or... Um, you know, just this, the, you think about lack of confidence is a lot of times related to just feeling really anxious about uh, what's next. 
What's what? What if? What if? What's going to be in the future? And so to kind of check on yourself as far as where your anxieties are and um, what are you really afraid of? To move on, what do you have to work through? To go on to the next step, where do you have to be? And so to really maybe check in with yourself as far as what's happening inside of me that is is creating this lack of confidence, this lack of uh, security. Um, and then it might be anxiety, and then you know that needs to be dealt with. It might be depression, and that needs to be dealt with. It might be the marriage is really struggling, and so you need to really focus on that for a little bit to, in order to come together and make a decision and feel confident in that. And so I think there's a lot of things that can be going on that you're not feeling that sense of security of moving on or taking the next step. Um, so you need to really explore more of what's going on inside of you and your spouse. Thank you, Annie, for being here. I know that this will be such a treat for people um, just to get your insight and to how cool that someone on Instagram could ask a therapist a question and you just answered it so beautifully and I feel like it gave some really good tools. And so I just really appreciate because I know how much our community is going to love this conversation and how awesome. And I feel like they will feel so honored that they asked the question and it got answered. So thank you so much. Fantastic. It was great to be here. And as always, I just love you guys. And I think you're doing amazing work. And the fact that you just love these people, these followers so much. And I just really appreciate that about you guys. Thank Thank you. Thank you, Annie.